Who who picked that song? Sister Dorothy. Sister Dorothy. You know what the first topic is in my lesson? The abiding comforter. <laughs> it's funny how things work out. And actually, because I was going to teach this last week, but I never got to it. Somehow I got derailed. Uh, but I think I got through one verse. But it's interesting how things uh, come together sometimes. We're going to go to John 14, 15, and 16 to start with to talk about that. Uh, uh, the the overall lesson from last week that I didn't get to and I'm continuing is that there's promises to believers. And there these are just a small portion of them. We're going to talk about some today. But the Bible's full of them. That we have, you know, a, eternal life. We're going to have a new birth. We have a future to look forward to. It, we talked about it, was that last week? Hope. <laughs> you know, uh, but it, it's a it's a real hope. Now, I used to, you know, you could say, I hope it rains tomorrow. Will it rain or not? I, I'm a meteorologist, and I don't know for sure, right? But the thing is, it's a hope. It, we, you don't know if it's going to happen. Our hope is not like that. Well, I kind of hope God can save me. I hope God's powerful enough. I hope uh, that I'm secure. You know, those kinds of, that's not the right kind of way of look. That's not the right kind of hope. We look at our hope through security. We know it's coming true. It's a secure hope looking to the future that we know will materialize because it's promised to us. So our hope is not in vain at all. Now, we may not understand all that's coming to us or before us or even the wonderful things into the future with God and our Savior and the Holy Spirit. But again, it's hope. The other thing that I mentioned there was security. We talked about this the other night, and I get all things mixed up, but I think it was Wednesday. Uh, we have security. We can't be plucked out of the Father's hands. You know, that's another gift that we know that we have someone to count on. And let me say it this way. You know, you can't count on me. Eventually, I'll let you down. I'm human. So don't get too much faith in a person or a human, that's not what we're looking for. And that's what I think a lot of these groups, they get uh, this fascination with whoever the leader is, and they kind of disregard the things in the scripture, what they're supposed to be looking for. And what they want is that guy with the, I may not even get to this today, I don't know. <laughs> With the itching ears and, you know, that, that's going to tell you what you want to hear. And then it's okay, you know, uh, certain things. But uh, our hope is something insecure and we want to do our best to, to do what the Father says. But how do we do that? Because we have to have something abiding within us. We of ourselves are not going to do the right thing. Okay? Even with the leadership of the Holy Spirit, we still err. We still have errors. Do the wrong thing. And have to ask for forgiveness. So let's go back and read these two verses. John 14, verses 15 to 16. If you love me, keep my commandments. Well, if we stopped right there and said, well, anybody that doesn't keep a commandment doesn't love him. Well, I would fail. Uh, if you stopped right there, I'm, I'm toast. I would be judged. I wouldn't be his. But there's an addition to this. 
And I will pray the Father that he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. And what does that comforter do? He tells us when we're doing wrong. He gives us the wisdom of of, uh, the words that are in the Bible. Uh, He tells us how to live a new and better way. He guides us on the decisions we want to make when we're listening and asking. And that's really the the reason, uh, listening and asking. Don't just assume, well, I'm going to sit back on my laurels and the Holy Spirit's going to do everything for me. And it doesn't work that way. The Holy Spirit gives you energy and drive and other things to do the things that you need to do. Uh, we're going to go to Ezekiel 30. We're going to go through a few of these verses because we're still on the abiding comforter topic. Ezekiel 36, 27. And if I hit these last time, I, I apologize. I threw away my paper again. I didn't mark it. So... Consider a review if I talked about this last time. Ezekiel thirty six twenty seven. And I will put my spirit within you and look at that next word and cause cause we don't have it of our own volition. I wouldn't follow him if it was of my own volition. But with the Holy Spirit, that comforter that dwells within us causes us to do the things of service, of uh, uh, witnessing, you know, all the other components of what we're supposed to have. It's a causation, and it's not from within the creature. It's external that's given to us. Cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. So let's contrast that with what it said up there. If you love me, keep my commandments. And then down here it says, I'm going to cause you to keep my commandments and to do them. So if we do that, so then look at that other, look at that other verse. Who causes us to love God? God causes us to love him. He puts that spirit within us so we can recognize. Otherwise, we wouldn't even recognize God, wouldn't love, uh, other than this human love, which is so lacking and wanting. Uh, it, it just wouldn't have the same uh, uh, effect and re- being real love, agape kind of love. That only comes from God. John, we're going to go back. Verse 17 of those. I don't know if you kept your finger there. I should have told you. But the, the spirit... On John 14, 17, because we read 15 and 16. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not. Neither knoweth ye him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth in you and shall be in you. But go back to this, uh, this word here. Whom the world cannot receive. Well, it says, because they see him not. Neither know him. How do you see him and how do you know him? Go back to Ezekiel. It's because he's put the spirit within you to be able to see him, to be able to know him, to be able to follow the commands, commandments, and then to be able to love him. You see the trail? It always leads back to God, the source. All of it. Any knowledge that you have, it's from him. Any good things that you do, it's because of him. Any of the uh, spiritual knowledge you have of the scriptures is because of him. None of it is because of you. And isn't that a good thing? Because we can always say, he gets the glory. And, and me is this simple, sinful worm. And I talk about that a lot. 
he brought life to and, and gave us a reason to, uh, to have joy. All right, Romans 8, 9, and we're going to go to 1 Corinthians, then uh, Timothy, so kind of lining things up here. Romans 8, verse 9. See, the Spirit uh, indwelling in us is such a, a wonderful thing because it's what gives us utterance. When you pray, where does it come from? Sometimes that, I don't know, I know you probably prayed in the same way. You have that guttural thing inside and you're groaning about something. And that's, you're not the source of that. It's the Holy Spirit that's groaning within you about whatever it happens to be. Maybe someone that has been sick or going through a terrible tragic loss or, or uh, difficulty or disease or whatever it happens to be. Uh, I'm, I know it happened to me a couple of times. We, we lost a lot of people in our last church. I can come up with about six or seven right off the top of my head over, over 15 years. That, and there was times that, gosh, I didn't know what to do. And you get to the point and you say, you know, Lord, take them. It's too painful. And it's not for me, painful for me. It was painful for them. And you kind of get to the point and you're groaning with, with, uh, uh, from your gut and something within you that God, I don't understand. Take the pain away or fix it or take them home. You know, I don't have any choices, but God knows what to do. But He takes us through those tragic events. Why? Why do you go through tragic events? And I know I've said this from the pulpit. It's so you know how to address things with other people. You not just have sympathy, you have empathy. You've lived something similar to them. But where does all that care and love and uh, desire to help come from? It's all, again, from God. And then when you do those things, he gets the glory for your actions that the Spirit urged you to do. All right, uh, Romans 8, verse 9. But ye are not, excuse me, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. But again, <laughs> we have Christ and we have the Spirit, but that's only because of the Spirit was a gift that was given to us. 1 Corinthians 3.16 You could ask people and say, well, where's God? And there are a lot of answers, actually, and they're all good. Uh, he, he's in the third heaven. Uh, he's uh, omnipotent, omniscient, and also omnipresent, right? So he's also here. He can be here and he can be there at the same time. Uh, when they set up the temple, where did it say that God dwelled? The God of heavens, where did he dwell? Somebody was going to say it, I think. Yeah, I'm, and I was pointing with the wings, if you caught that. That's where he dwelled. That's where his place was in the Holy of Holies. And then now we have access to that place here because Jesus died and the temple, uh, the veil of the temple was torn. And so now we all have direct access to God through the spirit that was given to us, that comforter that abides within us.
First or Second Timothy one fourteen. And I didn't get to these verses last week, right? Or last month. Okay. <coughs> Could have. <laughs> I just don't remember. All right. Second uh, Timothy one fourteen says this. That good thing which was committed unto thee keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. So again, we keep things because of the Holy Ghost that's in us. It's not us. Again, we would lose track. We would do, not do the right thing of our own volition. We would go away from God. Now, I just want you to listen. There's some things that I, I put together. I want to read a whole paragraph of, of stuff from the Bible or thoughts. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Know ye not, ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. That ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. That's all good stuff. If the world was not dark, would it need a light? Seems kind of... Uh, like a silly question, right? Well, no, I guess if the world wasn't dark, it wouldn't need a light. But we live in a very dark world. And it's not a new thing. Uh, that's why, what are we supposed to do with our light? Let it so shine. Don't cover it up. Uh, let the other world see it. It's this light on the mountain. It's a place to go for safety and comfort. The, the, the world should look at you and go, how are they dealing with this? What is it they have in them that I don't have? And that's why you're here. To be that light. To be part of that causation of other people to go to God. And it's not you that's doing it. But hopefully you're a witness that God can use and present a, a tool, a, a, a device to empower other people. And again, it's not you that's doing it. It's the Holy Spirit working in you. Uh, but we're the light. The world does need it. More than ever uh, today than, it, it, to me, ever before. And I know I said that it's been dark before. But to be, to be living in this age, uh, uh, it's awful in so many ways. My sermon morphed uh, quite a bit. But it started with this thought that where are the fathers just think about what's going on around us in our nation and in the world. Where are the fathers? It's it's now passe. It's now, yeah, we don't need dads. We don't need men in general. We want to emasculate them. Uh, it's we, we don't want to have this patriarchal society. Uh, that's a bad thing. We have, I don't know, you can go on any weekend in Chicago and, and find out that there's 20, 30 people that were murdered. Where are the dads? 
People are dropping like flies on the streets due to uh, fentanyl and diseases uh, caused because of that. And I'm talking about hepatitis and other things from bad habits. But where are the fathers? You know, they've, they've worked for decades to destroy America. And the way to destroy America is through uh, destroying the family. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that there was a list in the Smithsonian about families. Well, we need to, we need to get rid of the nuclear family. And that's not nuclear power. It means a family with a nucleus. A family with a nucleus survives and works well. And that's a mom, a dad, and the children working together. So what do you have? Mom and dad? Children. Who's the nucleus? You destroy that mom and dad nucleus and it begins to destroy everything else around it. Uh, where are the fathers when these teenagers are out on the street and just beating people up because it's fun? Uh, smashing windows to do a smash and grab and take everything out of the store. Where are the dads? Go to California. You can take anything that you want. They're not going to come after you as long as it's only $999.99 in value. Then it's a misdemeanor. One more cent. It's a felony. So what do people do? Well, just go take stuff. Just make sure it's under $1,000. Where are the dads? They're gone. America has gotten exactly what they've asked for by following the demonic people, the liberals, the socialists, the communists, because they all want to destroy the family. I got off on a tangent. But what they're lacking is this. They don't have the indwelling of the Spirit. Hopefully there's some of these children that have not had any guidance, not had a father, uh, not had the right thing, that they can look to a heavenly father and survive. And I'm not talking about just here. Surviving eternity. The Holy Spirit will save you from death. Uh, but it's not physical death. That's not what we're worried about. Death is just a doorway. The reason uh, that we're concerned with the second death is because it's permanent. There's no recovery from it. It's a thing we can't even describe. Hell is something that's talked about in the Bible, but I don't think we really understand how awful it is. And maybe if some of these parents truly understood that, they wouldn't behave the way that they are and uh, ill-training their children and not raising them in the proper way because they're also lacking. Most of it is out of greed and selfishness. Parents don't care about their children many times. It's not that way in the church. I'm not condemning anybody here. We're different. We think differently. We have that spirit dwelling within us. But when we see those things out in the world, it really causes pain when you try to look at it and determine what's going on. You know, I feel sorry for these things that are happening. I, I'm upset with the border, but... Uh, I watched a video the other day. Some person, you could see it on the camera, dropped a one-year-old Nicaraguan kid off over the other side and left. So now we have a one-year-old in America, and, and I think we need to take care of him. 
they, it's not their fault. But, you know, I, I sat and thought, I said, was that parent trying to do the right thing? By putting them into a place where they could give them so much more than they could? Or was it the wrong thing that they, you know, weren't able to try to take care of them? I mean, I don't know those answers. But I hope that one-year-old child is is not only saved, fed, and protected, but he's raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord in the right place. 1 John 2.27. Better put my glasses back on. First John 2.27, But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. And there's that abiding again. What a great song that was selected. And ye need not that any man teach you. Now it doesn't mean we can't have good leaders and good teachers. But the instructor of you is the Holy Spirit. But as the same anointing teacheth you, teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and... Even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. Where are the fathers? Target. Anybody know what happened with Target? Who who, who knows? Okay. Let me think how I want to word this. Target made clothing, women's clothing for men, I'm just going to stop there. It's pretty sickening. But women's clothing for men. You know how it was decorated? Anybody know? What was it, Steve? Satanic symbols and ideologies. All over. Baphomet. So tell me what the link is between uh, transvestites, women's clothing, Baphomet, and all the stuff that's going on. It's evil. So you can't tell me that this thing that's going on everywhere in our nation, this wokeism, is not of one source. Satan. And what's the proof? It's the stuff they put on the clothing. I guess they're proud to walk around. <laughs> I'm itching just to tell you what it was that they did with the clothing. You can go look at it for yourself, but don't bother. It's terrible. You try to talk to these people in any way. They don't have the spirit within them, so that's very difficult to try to do. Unless the spirit opens the door, you're not going to get anywhere with a person. You're just not. You can't come up with the words to convince anybody of anything. But with the power of the Holy Spirit giving you the words to help someone, then change can occur. But it has to be on both sides, in my opinion. Holy Spirit working through the vessel, and then the Holy Spirit opening up the other vessel to receive. Does that make sense? And I think you have to have both of those. It's not Because there's a lot of people, oh, that sounds like a good thing. I'm going to try to walk that way, and it's like the other parable. Well, it works for a little while until some trouble comes along, and... And it's gone. It was just for a moment they had some of that joy and happiness, but it wasn't permanent. It wasn't a permanent change. It was a superficial change, desire. 
something that was, again, not permanent at all, faded. We have fellowship with him. John 14, 23. And then John 17. And then we're going to go back to 1 John. Well, we're at the end. But I want to read this one. Divine fellowship. And that's what we seek. When we're not in fellowship with God, when we have uh, uh, done something that we grieve the Holy Spirit, we, we feel that impact of fellowship. And then what do we want to do? We want it restored. So that's what the Holy Spirit abiding within you does. Let you know when you're affecting the fellowship and then you go, I need to restore that. How do we restore that? Prayer, asking for forgiveness, repenting. Divine fellowship, John 14, 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. Let's go back to those first verses. How do you keep the words? The Holy Spirit abiding within you, but, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him, and make our abode with him. Our, our, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. This came up the other night. Uh, I think it was Wednesday and not Tuesday morning, but they're all there. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Plus, they can't be separated, so we have all of them, Right? If we possess Christ, we possess God. If we possess Christ and God, we possess the Spirit. If we possess the Spirit, we possess the other two. Right? So it's a wonderful uh, gift that we have. To have the Holy Spirit that just confirms with us that hope that we have, a future. So not get frustrated, which I do. I'm preaching to myself the things that I see in the world. And I just look at it and go... This is craziness. What are we doing? And then I kind of laugh. Bud Light went broke because they went woke. Not that I really care, but it's funny. They do something really weird and wrong, and then they lose, you know, uh, I don't know, what was it, $8 billion, something like that. Some, same thing happened to Target when they did this thing, and the public went, Whoa! We don't like that. Target lost, I think, five or six billion dollars the first day. So what we're seeing is, to me, some hope out there. Uh, I don't think all of those were God-fearing Christians reacting that way, but they have some inkling that that is really wrong. And so it gives me hope that the Holy Spirit can reach some of them because there's this inkling of desire to try to do the right thing. And hopefully that leads to a greater and greater understanding of God, the Word, and uh, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But the world's crazy. <laughs> and I probably shared more maybe than I should have about things that are going on in the world. But it's, it's terrible. But what do we expect out of them? If you don't have the Spirit, what are the results? That. What we're seeing. I'm going to mark this this time. And I may or may not pick up here next time. I never give any promises like that. Although I have some more. We'll just have to see. The other parts were uh, having access to God. and We'll see if I get to that next time.
Heavenly Father, we just thank you that we have the indwelling of your spirit. We have the sun and we have life. And we look forward to being with you uh, and uh, as the ancient of days and seeing with you or seeing you and being with you for eternity. We can't even imagine what eternity is going to be like without this uh, sinful world and all the distractions. But we do long for the day where we're uh, operating in the absolute fullness of the spirit, which we're lacking now because the flesh holds us back and the flesh is prone to sin. Father, forgive us of those things and and cause us to, to walk in your way. In Jesus' name, amen.